This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Annually, the World Economic Forum puts together a global risk report that looks at the year ahead and a variety of issues that may or may not negatively impact the planet, its businesses, its governments, and their citizens. That report is put together in conjunction with the Wharton School and the Risk Management and Decision Processes Center. To take a look at the 2018 report, we welcome into the studio Howard Kunruther, who is a Wharton Professor of Decision Processes and Public Policy. He's co-director of the center uh, and also with us is Jeff Sikowski, who is a managing director of the Risk Management and Decision Processes Center. Howard, great seeing you again. Always good to be here. Thank you. Jeff, nice meeting you. Thanks for coming in. Thank you very much. I guess let's start with with how this report actually comes together and how Wharton and and your uh, organization, Howard, uh, are linked to it. Well, Dan, this is actually the 13th year that this report has been issued. It's called the 13th edition. Uh, It's very closely connected, as you mentioned, with Davos. And so it is distributed there to most people who are attending the meeting. And it started really with the idea of trying to figure out what were the key risks that we faced over the next 10 years and possibly longer, but obviously focusing on immediate risk as well. And so it had uh, this background. And the Wharton Risk Center had been involved as partners really from the very beginning. Uh, We were playing a role of sort of suggesting and commenting with respect to how we saw these issues, but more important, helping to try to direct the way the report was going to be structured and how it would be analyzed. And we had a number of meetings with uh, the the people from the World Economic Forum, and we've continued to be involved, and it's emerged in a very, I think, positive way. And this this report here uh, reflects not only what uh, is planning to happen, but also what's happening in hindsight looking back on the risk. And what's interesting, Jeff, is this truly is kind of a soup-to-nuts look at at, uh, all kinds of different potential problems, you know, global unrest, uh, you know, environmental concerns, business concerns, governmental concerns. I mean, this literally tries to cover as much possible as you can as you can put into a report. Oh, absolutely. So they have five major categories that they're looking across and 30 different risks within those categories, economic, environmental, geopolitical, social and uh, technological. And just to add on Howard's uh, uh, status here, the report uh, they go out and survey within their network, within their expertise of, of risk um, uh, experts uh, across the globe, and the responses to that survey are then uh, determined for the report. But to a degree, this is a daunting task, I would think, to put something this all-encompassing together on an annual basis. Let me be very clear. The Wharton Risk Management Center is an advisor, and yeah. a lot of the work is done by people at the World Economic Forum in terms of analyzing the data. We have a chance to look at that, have a chance to comment on that. In the past, we've written articles for part of the report. So we do play a role, but this is, as you you say, not only a daunting task, but I think a very important one. And there is there is a full-time staff that is now working on it associated with the forum. And we're just very proud and honored to be part of that. What, what's interesting when you go through the report, and, and we'll get into some of the pieces here in a minute, what, what I found interesting really at the outset of the report is how kind of interconnected a lot of these different potential risks are. And, and they're there are some of them, Jeff, I think at the outset you would say maybe not necessarily seeing the connection, but looking at, at some of the uh, the data and information, the links are there. Definitely. And I think that's really one of the, the prominent aspects of the report is that they highlight these interdependencies among, amongst these different risks. I think that's really critical uh, for people to get their, their heads around and, and starting to how 
to think about how to better properly manage these risks. And if you're ignoring those interdependencies, you're kind of making a, a mistake. Howard? Yeah. So let me, let me say a couple of words for building on what Jeff has said. They ask about 1,000 people, what's the likelihood of events occurring over the next 5, 10 years, right. and what is the likely impact? And then as uh, you were mentioning and Jeff was el- elaborating on, the interdependencies are really critical as a part of that. And what's interesting is they've had these graphs that become famous. I mean, people look at these things and say, God, there are all these arrows that are connecting each other. What do they really mean? And there's an a, a attempt to sort of highlight what their meaning is. And I think uh, we can talk about how, how that plays out in particular contexts as you like. You mentioned, uh, with this report being handed out in da- at Davos, what has been, in past years, the impact post-Davos uh, of this type of report being in the hands of, of a lot of global leaders, business leaders, uh, you know, people that are, are touching all parts of the globe? Well, I'll tell you, I think there are two things that happen at Davos. One is they have a series of sessions that actually elaborate on elements of the report. So the report becomes right. a, a, a basis for sort of saying, here, let's take a look at risk in a more detailed way. And you might have a session on climate change. You might have a session on uh, health. You might have a session on food security, things not that will emerge that are important in the report. And then, of course, as you indicate, this then uh, it's distributed widely, and obviously the networking in terms of people who have that report might share some of their ideas, and it becomes a building block for a lot of organizations to sort of think about what they're going to do in the way of strategy for the next year and hopefully for yeah. a longer term. I, I find it interesting, Jeff, in, in looking at, at one of the, the graphs that's in here looks back annually over the course of the time that this report has been done in terms of global risk, in terms of likelihood, and what's you know, at the top of the list this year involves extreme weather events, natural disasters, cyber, data fraud, those types of issues. Those weren't even on the radar of the report if you go back in 2008 when the when this reporting was done. Right. And so it's uh, it's really interesting to see how things have sort of uh, changed over time and where that current emphasis uh, actually is. And then to think about where it might be in the future. And so they have sort of a, they've also added this piece on trending risks as well. Uh, as, as a as a part of that report, but you know, I think, um, and well, we can come back to this in a little bit. But on the interdependencies and some of these things, sort of that have fallen off the, the list where they are today on sort of the economic side, um, you, you need to really think about well, what if what might happen if these yeah. if these environmental risks occur, and what are the cascading effects from these and other categories of the risk? And it's not necessarily that those risks that were ten years ago at the top of the list have totally gone away. Exactly. It's just that they are not, you know, not at the top of the list. And as you said, there's a connection to it potentially where it could cause uh, a, a serious problem down the road. Exactly. And I mean, think about these. These are relative comparisons between the different risks. But again, I'll come back to that interdependency aspect of it, and that the fact that the, you know they can lead to other risks that are lower ranked. So how would I? I touched on it briefly a couple of things in terms of the likelihood. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned extreme weather events, natural disasters, which we've talked to you about on this show in the past, cyber, data fraud that, that's also there as well. Uh, these are things that, that a lot of people are worried on a variety of different fronts right now. Right. Absolutely. And I think the big message that came out of this report is the tremendous importance of the environment that you just mentioned a moment ago as, as a part of people's thinking as being the mo- one of the most important areas one has to think about. And that's really a change. It's not that that wasn't there earlier uh, at the beginning, but it certainly didn't have the high profile. And the other point, just to highlight the interdependence 
tendencies that we've been talking about is you begin to see essentially in this report with clear arrows that go from climate change to food security to natural disasters to a whole to droughts to a set of things that can happen and it's that element I think that makes this report quite unique as we as Jeff you and I have all been sort of alluding to if you begin to think about the interdependencies then you have to ask yourself what can be done to really ameliorate these, to improve the situation. And that becomes an extremely important part of what this report is about. And frankly, it's what our risk center is, why we're part of it, because we feel that's the issues that we want to address in terms of the future. Which, again, I guess to a degree, Jeff, highlights the fact that even though necessarily cyber uh, and data fraud and, and theft like that doesn't necessarily link immediately to something like natural disasters. When you talk about the, the overall instability of what we could see through that, it, it's, it's like dominoes falling. One, exactly. one leads to the other. Right. And that, I mean, I think that's a critical, again, a critical aspect that, that risk managers sort of need to think about in dealing with these risks, especially though on, in, a, in, a, in a global scale if one thing can sort of lead to other things and it has this cascading effect. If I can come back to just one quick thing, though, on, on what's interesting to me, too, is from the risk center perspective, we think of these things from the environment like natural disasters. We typically classify these as low-probability, high-impact events. Yeah. And yeah. these are low-probability sort of for any one individual, any one community, in thinking about how they're going to deal with this, which then we can come back to this later on in terms of the biases around that. But when you look at the scoring here on a global scale – it's a high probability event on the environmental risk side that it's going to happen. Yeah. But then where is that going to be is sort of a different question is where it's sort of these uh, cognitive biases come into play. What are some of the other uh, coming out of the report? What are some of the other concerns realistically that that should be on the radar of people as we go through 2018 and beyond? Well, I think one of the – let me just say one of the positive things, and then I'll say a bit of yeah. concerns, was the economic aspect. I think they saw that as a more positive aspect. I think one of the big uh, areas that needs to be considered, and it's an important area and ones that we've been working on as well, is the haves and the have-nots. And okay. I think that we have to start thinking about what is going on in developing countries uh, and what they – and the challenges that they face today and the greater challenges they're likely to face in the future if we find that this more extreme uh, behavior on all sides taking place. But that's also true in the United States. We have a ch set of challenges here in our own country in terms of how we deal with issues of low-income people. And I think that one area that needs to be really considered as a part of that is what are the strategies that have to be looked at to deal with the long term? And this is one of the features that the Global Risk Report can emphasize. As um, and, and we will talk about biases uh, a little later yeah. on, but I just sort of mention – uh, one of them that gets highlighted all the time is myopia. We are all very short run. And I think yeah. the risk report really actually makes an effort to say, look, let's look 10 years into the future rather than just next the, the next year or the next month. And I think the global leaders who come to Davos are really urged to think in that way. And the report start, tries to stimulate that kind of a discussion. One of the other things as part of uh, the report is, is kind of a reassessment. That, that is done as well, and looking back at some of the issues that have been in previous reports and seeing how they have kind of developed or not developed 
uh, in the last few years as well, correct? Yeah, absolutely. That is definitely correct. I mean, and, and, the, and, and then they also have a little section, as we indicated earlier, on hindsight, where they are actually looking at how certain particular risks play a role uh, in this. And they looked at digital wildfires, and they looked at unemployment, and they looked at a variety, things like that in the context of issues that we really have to sort of look back as well as going looking, looking forward. All right. So you mentioned, both mentioned the issue of bias. How does that play into, into this report? Well, again, as, as Howard was just mentioning, you, you need to sort of take a long-term view to a lot of these risks and how you're going to deal with that. <clears throat> and so oftentimes people have a – or organizations or, or governments have uh, problems thinking in a long-term view because of the short-term incentives that they're facing against or sort of the short-term uh, decision-making that they're, that they're dealing with. So these biases in terms of thinking about understanding um, – what it is that, that, that you're dealing with and how it might be uh, better served from a longer-term view, a more deliberative aspect approach, as opposed to sort of taking these sort of uh, intuitive uh, responses to, to these, these types of problems. Howard? Yeah, there's, a little, there's one section in the report kind of talking specifically about that and highlighting a number of things that we have to pay attention. And they mention uh, availability as a bias. I only mention that because it tends that only after an event happens do people often pay attention to them. Yeah. And I yeah. think they're, they're suggesting that organizations and individuals better pay attention beforehand. We can't think of a more important message to actually highlight, then can you take steps when you don't think it's going to happen? The issue of black swans uh, that gets brought up all the time. Well, this is such a low probability event, we're not going to think about it. As yeah. Jeff pointed out, when you look at the world, the low probability event can be a lot higher. But even for individuals, a low probability event saying this is one in a hundred chance that there will be a <laughs> hurricane next year, people say it's not going to happen. But if you tell them, just give them the information that if you're living in your house for five for 25 years, you got a greater than one in five chance of actually having something like this happen, they may pay attention. So there are things you can do to deal with this. But I think this issue, really, of trying to get the long term on the agenda of individuals and governments and the world, so to speak, in terms of international organization, really important. Which it becomes a problem, as we talked about on the show in recent uh, months, uh, when the hurricane hit Texas. Texas, and obviously Houston was was devastated uh, for all the flooding that they dealt with, uh, the issues surrounding urban planning and, yeah. and how you need to think long term about where you allow housing to go and how you deal with drainage and so many other pieces to it that, you know, that's just one of those thought processes of, you know, if you look 20 years, 25, 50 years out, maybe you don't make some of the decisions you make now. You make different ones, and it ends up with a better outcome. No, no question about it. And Jeff may want to comment that on that as well because he's been working on this urban planning issue. Exactly. And so, you know, this is one of the risks that might not be at the top, right? This failure of urban planning might not be at the top in terms of the likelihood and, and uh, impact side of the, uh, uh, of the quadrant here in the risk report, but it's interdependency. If you neglect those that, you know, to properly plan – when those events occur, you're going to be much worse off than you otherwise would be if you had done that. But and so this is a go ahead. Dan. To, I was going to say to a degree, though, when you're talking about trying to make those plans long term, you're talking about trying to make uh, get the impact with the decision makers, the people in state government, local government, whatever it might be, to be able to think along those lines. 
And that's not necessarily the thought process of a exactly. lot of those people. Well, right, and that's what we were talking about. I mean, you have these biases that come into play and the incentives that are that they're not there from a long-term perspective. And I think it's interesting, you know, we have the news recently, and maybe you've talked about this on your show, about BlackRock and their announcement pushing for this really long-term sustainable view. Yeah. And they talk about that in the report, too, this financial disclosure, uh, disclosure information and getting – uh, better investments with a longer-term view in regard to these risks. And that's uh, I think that's going to be a very important thing right. down the road. Now, the only point that I would want to add to what uh, Jeff is just saying, and, 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 and we've mentioned this before, but I think it's appropriate to mention now when you talk about local officials, the, the acronym that the, the Global Risk Report is really trying to overcome is the NIMTOF acronym. Okay. The not in my term of office acronym. Right. Okay. If, if right. we can, if we can somehow get people to think there's a longer term than just getting reelected, and that they have to think about putting money in. And the one area that it doesn't get discussed in this report, but has been discussed in the past, is infrastructure. I mean, the tremendous yeah. importance of better infrastructure in the urban areas in the country, and how much, and how our infrastructure uh, here in this country and other parts of the world are really uh, at a point here where we're we're having a real hard time functioning with them and go to our airports today even in the U.S. and you find out that there could be a lot better uh, that and talk about our bridges and our highways and whatnot and so that area which is a long-term kind of investment but the local officials do have a problem and I think it's important to put that in on the table as do the states they have to have the funds they have to have the money and if they don't have that money and we're moving away from federal uh, aid to these things then it's going to be somewhat of a challenge for them to fit it into their budget. So we have to think about these issues of how do we make this happen? Which is amazing when you think about that issue specifically, uh, what we have here in the United States compared to what other countries have, other you know developing countries in terms of infrastructure and the needs that they have, some of those line up with what we have here in the United States, but others don't as well. There are more significant needs. Yeah, more significant needs, and in some cases they're in better shape. Uh, talking right. about the, a cell phone service in developing countries is often better than in the U.S., just as an yeah. example of communication. But absolutely, many of these countries are really, really struggling with yeah. how they're going to deal with it. Jeff? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's and that's a critical aspect, too. If you think about it from a business perspective, businesses are multinational corporations oftentimes or supply chains are multinational in nature. And so, again, you come back to these interdependencies of infrastructure dealing with that in developing country that might be a source of a product for a firm here. And so it, it's they're all sort of linked and, and it's a critical issue. One of the one of the interesting things that's in the report that I wanted to, to touch on briefly, it, they do talk about geopolitical risk and. There are certain times where I think you can see where that risk is coming and, and it's really starting to develop as a problem. And I think there are other times where it crops up to a degree un, unnoticed, at least on the global perspective. How do you deal with something like that? That's a, that's a challenge, I think, for a lot of governments, uh, you know, companies, whatever it might be, to be able to deal with something like a, a geopolitical risk. Right. No, I, so I think the WEF's view of this is really, and this is the whole point of Davos, is to bring the global community together to sort of tackle these problems and can't sort of be a, a one-off 
uh, approach. It has to be sort of a, a, these these different organizations, businesses, governments linked together to try to to try to untangle that that risk. Howard. Yeah, I think the, uh, that's absolutely right. I mean, in Davos, they will have sessions on exactly some of the issues you're talking about. But I think this is one of the areas that we have one of our greatest challenges because there is so much uncertainty. Look at the world today in terms of what's going to happen in South Korea uh, and North Korea and, and, uh, and, and in particular, what the particular geopolitical risks are and the dynamics. But I think the one thing that the Global Ro- uh, Report is saying, and as Jeff indicated, in Davos they're trying to do is to sort of say, let's have open discussions on these things. Let's recognize that we really want to take down a lot of the blinders here and and make sure the agendas are such that we can think out of the box. And there are often personal interviews with leaders of these countries to try to get an idea of where they stand. And they are extraordinarily well attended by everyone to listen to essentially uh, what developing as well as developed countries are seeing as their geopolitical problems. We are joined here in Studio by Howard Kunruther and Jeff Sikowski of the uh, of the Risk Management and Decision Processes Center here at the Wharton School. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or if you can't get to your phone, you can send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. Going back to the, the interconnection of a lot of these a lot of these issues, one of the things that seemingly would be one of the ways to be able to start to tackle this is better communication, whether it be government to government, government to business, business to com- community, whatever it might be. Are we still lacking that level of communication that we need to have mm-hmm. on a lot of these issues? Well, I think uh, you've hit on a key issue, Dan, and and it's one that we have been spending, uh, we are now in our 33rd year as a center. It's been number one on the agenda from the very beginning. How do we get information across making it transparent, communicating in a way that people will be paying attention and leaders will be paying attention, and the challenges. And I think, and psychologists have been looking at that for a number of years. We as a center have been thinking about that, but let's get back to the global risk report. That is absolutely right on the top of the agenda with respect to saying we've got to make sure that the information is accurate as best we can. And most important, something that they have done in recent years, more than what they did at the beginning, what are the uncertainties associated with these? Don't just say the likelihood is going to be a certain risk, right. but what's the range of uh, uncertainty so that we understand the fact that we can't estimate these as precisely as people would like us to do? I think the other uh, thing uh, you wanted to bring up as well is the fact that not only is the communication important, but it, the communication is important so that people understand potentially what can be done to try and prevent some of these risks as well. Right. And so, I mean, it's, it's one thing to just kind of highlight what the risks are, yeah. but then, you know, people are answering when they want to know, well, what, you want this paper what, to mean something, right? <laughs> what can we do about that? And so I think, and that's, you know, part of also what they did and tried to do in the hindsight aspect of the report is, is, is touch upon three different things that they had highlighted years ago in the global risk report and then, and, and talk about what was done to actually tackle that problem and how, how successful it was. And so I think, you know, they highlight that in terms of this focus on resiliency and the cognitive biases at the end of the report. And so there's, there's a big push for, to, to make communities, uh, nations, individuals more resilient to a lot of these different risks. But, you know, I'll come back to what Howard was saying before. Big question out there is how do you pay for those things? Right. How do you pay for those things? Where are you going to get the financing to do the resiliency? And so I think, you know, that's it. Highlighting those is, is definitely critical 
And uh, I think, you know, they're taking a first step in trying to understand that. Where do you think in terms of this report, Howard, that that we have the greatest optimism in terms of being able to to address some of these issues? Well, I think the greatest optimism is, first of all, that people are looking at this and are actually trying to pay attention. And the report has had an impact. The, on de- the decision makers the, the, the are the decision ones. makers yeah. are looking at that. The second part is I think that they are recognizing that you have got to put together two important elements of this problem, and the report highlights that. One is assessing the risk, which is when you talk about the impact and the consequences. The second is to understand how the risk is perceived by individuals and others so that we recognize sometimes it's not going to be the same as what the experts say. Yeah. And then the third part, and that's what the Global Risk Report is trying to do, and that's what you that Jeff was just saying with res- and you were raising with respect to how you manage the risk. What are the things that can be done better? And I think by the recognition, and that's where we're optimistic, that you got to look at assessment and perception with communication being an important part of how you then communicate it, given that people perceive the risk in a way that may be different from what the experts say. And then how do you manage it and manage it in the long term, but recognizing you're going to have to address these biases systematically. You have to think about the short term as well as the long term when you make policies. And I think this report has come a long way, and we're very proud to be part of it in terms of highlighting those points. Jeff? Yeah, no, I would just add on sort of the, you know, one, the the risk assessment piece, you know, if you come back to sort of cyber, right, this is a a prominent risk that's out there. It's highlighted in the report, but I think, you know, that's the the optimism there is that now it's been highlighted to build the incentives for people to try to better assess that risk so that you can eventually better manage it. And I think that's that's an important aspect. (laughs) Great having you both with us. Uh, Thanks for coming in. Greatly appreciate it. Always good to be here. Thank you, Howard. Thank Thank you, Jeff. All the best. Thank you very much. Howard Kunrith or Jeff Sikowski from the uh, Wharton uh, School and the Risk Management and Decision Processes Center. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. 